Hello and welcome to Prickly Politics. This is WFUV's podcast on New York City and state politics. I'm your host, Julia Agos, and today we're talking about fossil fuel divestment in New York City and state. I'm joined for this episode by my colleague, Natalie Migliori. She's a fellow reporter and anchor here at WFUV News. So, Natalie, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Julia. Natalie's been covering climate policy for the past few years with our station's Strike Accord series. That's right. It's a public service series that we release at least three times a year. And I've worked on an array of climate issues, including the importance of waste reduction and reusable energy. I've also worked on my own climate-related series called Something in the Air. It would really dove deep into how New York City's environment affects our health, no matter how environmentally friendly we might try to be. Right. So Natalie knows what it's like to report on climate issues and climate policy. And so for today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at what many are calling the next phase of climate policy. There's a movement in New York City and at the state level to divest the pension funds from fossil fuel companies. So this would mean that the city and state's pension funds would no longer invest in fossil fuel companies like ExxonMobil. So, Natalie, let's talk about who is in favor and who's opposed to this movement. Right. So favor and opposition is very split on this movement. On one side, you have climate activists who believe this is a step in the right direction for combating climate change. But then you have unions and public sector workers who are worried that divestment will hurt their pension funds. Keep in mind that a big draw to working for the public sector is the promise of a pension. But the reality is that we just don't know what the effects of divestment will have on the pension funds. People have placed their bets. Obviously, pensioners want to err on the side of caution, while climate activists are confident they'll find other forms of investment to keep the funds stable. Right. So the big source of tension or the big question is, is combating climate change going to hurt people's pensions? Right. And we, the answer is we don't really know. But people depending on where you are on this issue, are taking their bets on how this divestment would play out, right? Absolutely. Okay. So first, we're going to take a look at where the state stands. Mayor Bill de Blasio and Comptroller Scott Stringer are very in favor of divestment. They've put forward a plan to study divesting $5 billion from the state's fund. But what does studying really entail? We talked to a reporter named Danielle Moyo. She's a city hall reporter from Politico, and she's going to break down the issue for us. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for coming on the show and speaking with us. Um, we want to begin by asking you, you know, you're, you've been covering City Hall and this issue for a while now. And so can you help us break down this issue of what does the comptroller and the mayor mean when they say they are studying this issue of divestment? So what they have to do is, and this is something that's three of the, so basically the city put out a resolution on what that would look like. Uh, three of the five boards that control the pension funds approved it. And what the resolution essentially says is they have to look at a prudent way to divest fossil fuel assets that wouldn't disturb the health of the pension fund. So essentially looking at what could we actually divest and and basically just looking at what it would mean for the health of the fund. So to do that, um, Comptroller Stringer at the beginning of 2019 this year 
put out a call for advisors to oversee that process and basically put together a report saying, you know, this is what it would look like and this is what it could mean and here are our various options for moving forward. Um, But as of right now, they haven't named those advisors, so we're still a little unclear on where exactly they are in the process right now. Hey, Danielle, Natalie here. Um, In this article that I came across from August... You wrote that Mayor de Blasio claims, and he has, he's been claiming that New York City has divested $5 billion of the pension fund already. So where, so they haven't. So his words don't coincide with what's going on. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, basically on the campaign, on Mayor Bill de Blasio's um, campaign, during the campaign trail for president, he repeatedly said, we've divested $5 billion from fossil fuels. You know, he was saying it's kind of a way to demonstrate his commitment to addressing climate change. Um, he also wrote that on his campaign website that we've divested. So the assumption being that those funds have already been been, been pulled and, you know, there's no longer any investment in fossil fuels. That, that's not true. Um, they have said they're committed to it. I think it's fair to say they're obviously, you know, looking into it. Um, And, you know, three of the five boards have demonstrated an interest in doing it. But as of right now, they're still studying it. And basically why that's important is because this analysis is really supposed to guide divestment. So even though the mayor said they were interested in divesting $5 billion. It could be that after this analysis, they said, actually, we want to divest three because that's healthier, or maybe they will want to divest five. But that analysis is supposed to guide the eventual vote to pull the funds. So until that happens, we have no way of saying what divestment is going to actually look like for New York City. So the city, obviously, now that we've gotten to the bottom of that, hasn't yet concluded with a study and they're in the process of doing the study, the city? Yes. The big thing we're we're waiting on now is for these divestment advisors to be named. Once the city names those advisors, they'll, you know, presumably shortly after that be putting together a actual report with a proposal on how to proceed with this. Um, So that's going to be the next step is naming those advisors. Right. So when politicians, you know, who, who we've spoken to, advocates who, who we've spoken to are based in New York City, say New York City is an example for New York State to follow, that kind of doesn't ring true because it seems like New York City right now doesn't even have a plan of its own. Yeah, you know, I guess it does and it doesn't. It does in the sense that there's been a commitment to at least look at it, you know, and I think it's fair to say that The city is stepping up in that regard, while the state really hasn't looked at this at all. You know, the comptroller DiNapoli says he's more in favor of an approach that involves keeping those assets so then you can serve as, um, you know, kind of an activist role in trying to push those companies to be more green. So I think you can make the claim they've stepped up in that sense, but until they actually divest, they're not you know, they're really not leading by example on divestment because they haven't done it yet. So the state's pension fund is roughly $200 billion and divestment would remove 13 of those billion from fossil fuel companies, which 
is not that much in the grand scheme of the energy sector. So is this a symbolic gesture if, you know, the divestment isn't really going to impact the energy sector as a whole? So what do you what do you think about that? Do you think this is a largely symbolic move? I do think it's symbolic. I think the 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 stance that advocates would make is that since New York has arguably much more in fossil fuels than, say, other pension funds in, in much smaller cities, it's uh, more relevant in the sense that it can spur change. So if New York's willing to do it, why wouldn't, say, Seattle do it or, you know, another city? So that I think that's where it could have more of a, um, a ripple effect, a domino effect, if it's sort of like, okay, New York does it, now others want to follow suit. But um, in terms of just what it would mean for that one fund, it's not going to disrupt, you know, the oil and gas industry alone. So um, thank you so much for speaking with us. Um, we really appreciate, you know, your expertise on this issue. Okay, great. Sounds good. Thanks great. for um, reaching out to me. So the takeaway here is that New York City is supposed to be a model for New York State to divest, but the city hasn't done it yet. All they've done is promise to study it. But as we look at where the state stands, it might actually get to divestment first. Right. So New York State Senator Liz Krueger and Assistant Speaker of the Assembly Felix Ortiz co-authored the Fossil Fuel Divestment Bill, which would force the state comptroller, Tom DiNapoli, who is control in control of the pension fund, he would have to stop investing the state's pension fund in fossil fuel companies. They introduced the bill in the 2019 legislative session, and by the end of the session, they had 27 senators in support of the bill, which is just five shy of passing, and along with 30 co-sponsors in the assembly. And we have Assistant Speaker Ortiz on the show today, along with a climate activist, to talk about the bill and the ramifications of it. But Natalie, first, let's talk about where people stand on this bill. Obviously, climate change activists are in favor of this type of legislation. The organization 350.org has been one of the main supporters of this bill. We have Kata Romo on the show this week, who's an organizer for 350.org. Kata uses the pronoun they. They're part of an organization that advocates for the elimination of fossil fuel use, as well as, quote, making corporate polluters pay. 350.org also argues the energy sector will eventually turn over into majority renewable energy, so this will put the pension fund ahead of the curve. And there is some evidence of that. One study from an organization called Corporate Knights, which tags itself the voice for clean capitalism, has actually done a study on divesting funds. It compiled 10 years' worth of New York State retirement funds' stock holdings and concluded that people's pensions would have been worth roughly $20,000 more if the state had already divested funds 10 years ago. The study has support from activists like Kata Romo. Right. So despite that study, there are some union groups that worry that opening up the pension fund 
to political debates will jeopardize the returns of retirees. And one of those unions is the Civil Service Employees Association. They represent about 300,000 public and private sector members. And they wrote on their website that the fund is one of the best funded and best managed pension funds in the country. And opening up the fund's investment decisions to the political trade winds will jeopardize the financial security of the fund. We tried to get an interview with someone from their organization, but they never got back to us. Right, Julia. And there's one more key player in this debate that we haven't mentioned yet, and that's state comptroller Thomas DiNapoli. He controls the state pension fund, and he is very opposed to this bill. But not because he doesn't want to combat climate change. He believes this bill is too aggressive and puts the pension fund at too much risk. We tried really hard to get DiNapoli on this episode. We called and emailed him at least three times, but he was always busy. But Natalie and I did get to sit down with assistant speaker Felix Ortiz and climate activist Cata Romo, and here's what they had to say about the bill. First of all, let me just thank you for having me and for having us. I think this is uh, wonderful uh, to continue to bring awareness about uh, uh, the importance of climate change and uh, and how the fossil fuel really impacting uh, our community, our environment, our neighborhood. What initially convinced you that this type of legislation would be impactful? Well, uh, how this came to fruition, uh, back I'm remembering back in when I was little, I used to live in Puerto Rico and I used to live next to the Arco company that uh, just to send fuel, fuels and also waste into our waters. So uh, when I came elected to office, um, uh, I began to do some work on environmental issues. I, and, and then I began to, to realize that I could make a difference. So uh, when I uh, directed my staff to do a complete analysis about uh, where our pension fund, our pension money go to uh, regarding companies that uh, well, with, with fossil fuels, so they indicated that, hey, guess what? Our money going to that. So, so in reality, I began to be more serious about, uh, together with Senator Kruger, uh, to ensure that we will put a bill in place that will really send a signal that if we are in government, we should be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So we need to disperse from investing in company with fossil fuel. And Kata, for you, you know, how does the Fossil Fuel Divestment Act fit into the larger agenda of climate legislation? Yeah, thank you for asking. And also, uh, Speaker Assistant, great to be here with you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I was just thinking as listening, um, it is such an important piece of legislation, and it sits in a moment of a lot of exciting legislation that we passed in New York State um, and a lot we still need to do. So there's a lot of incongruencies right now and kind of paradoxes happening. For example, we have our own Attorney General, Tish James, um, is suing ExxonMobil for lying to shareholders knowingly about the impacts of fossil fuels in climate change and who do those disasters affect first and worst. Those are frontline communities. So time and time again, we see black women leading the emotional and physical lift um, in social justice movements. Uh, So we see that here and we really need to stand behind that and support 
our attorney general. So that's super exciting. And we've done a lot in the past years, such as passing the dirty buildings legislation, the CLCPA. So we are a model in terms of climate justice in New York State. And to not follow through with divestment is to not continue that. It's going to leave New Yorkers behind. And I'm curious from both of you, what is the ultimate goal with this type of legislation? My uh, proactive uh, vision always has been let's try to do as much as we can quickly because we're running out of time. As we're running out of time, you know, in the United Nations, have it estimated by the 2030, you know, if we don't take a very aggressive and progressive approach, and this is the kind of thing I've been talking in Albany for a long time, we need to be proactive. We cannot be reacting. And New York State should be leading, not to follow anybody. So we already have 1,000 countries who already have this bet from fossil fuel. Uh, you have, uh, for example, the city of New York, the controller had decided to make, make those steps, which I hope that uh, my controller at the state of New York, who I serve in the assembly, will begin to take those giant step, not little step. It's not about little step anymore. We need to really take it to the next level. Uh, all the countries are running uh, behind us. Uh, we, we, we're, running, we're running late. And I, and I hope that people understand that what the senator and I are trying to do is to really help the next gen- the future generations of this state and hopefully all the state will follow suit. All the other state, once New York Take the stand, and uh, and when I came, we, when we came with this type of legislation, that was that took us time to analyze, research, and come up with a comprehensive one. This is what we think is one of the better solution that we can give, not just to the state, but to other state to follow through. For Kata, you know, why is it so important for you to see uh, a reduction in the use of fossil fuels? For me, divestment and also the Williams Pipeline are two of the biggest eyesores in New York State right now. When we're doing so much to progress on climate and people are really looking towards us as a leader to not follow through with divestment and to not completely stop the Williams Pipeline, it makes absolutely no sense in terms of where our legislators going and being so progressive on climate. And it absolutely makes no moral sense in terms of climate justice and what we know about how much time we have left to address this problem. And we know who is impacted by it in terms of New Yorkers in New York State and New York City. Kata, can you paint us a picture of what the state would look like if it stopped investing in fossil fuels? What would that do realistically on the ground for people? Sure. This is the seventh anniversary of Hurricane Sandy, and that is a climate disaster that folks are still recovering from, especially black and brown communities that were hit worse. And we're going to have more climate disasters, no matter what we do from this point forward. And we have a moral responsibility to make sure that there are not worse climate disasters and that we take care of the most vulnerable communities for what is going to happen from here. We know what is going to happen. We have a moral responsibility to make sure it's not worse than what it is already going to be. And by not divesting, by allowing projects like the Williams Pipeline to go through, it's inconscionable to do that when we know that we still have not fully recovered from Hurricane Sandy. Um, So disasters like that, I hope not to see them to that level. And I hope that we're going to support our black and brown communities to be able to address climate disasters when they happen, because they will. But to make sure we're doing everything in our power to make sure that we're not contributing more. Because right now, that's what's happening with not following through with divestment, with by allowing the Williams Pipeline to go through. 
Well, and Assistant Speaker, I'm curious, what has the response in Albany been like um, with your push for this type of legislation? What has been, you know, some of the conversations with your colleagues? Have you had to really convince someone of it? I mean, what it, what has it been like with this type of pushing this type of legislation? I think it's very important to address that. Uh, we have we have held a couple of about uh, five different roundtable discussion, uh, exactly with the players who are against the bill and those who are for the bill. to trying to build consensus. Uh, that's uh, that's how I operate in Albany. Is uh, you know you want to make sure that everybody have the opportunity to express themselves. Uh, I think in the last two roundtable discussion, our friend from Exxon and others decided not to participate at that point. Uh, but uh, but the reality is that it's about bringing awareness to legislators, educate legislators about uh, uh, how detrimental fossil fuel is uh, in the investments, uh, because uh, when you have these uh, mega corporations absorbing our pension money, reinvesting them, at the end of the day, create uh, a more serious climate challenges uh, for uh, for all of us, uh, if we don't take action now, so so bringing awareness to the members, giving the members the opportunity to talk to both sides of the of the, of the coin, and uh, and engaging them in the conversation and the debate, and uh, has been very very critical and important to ensure that we will be able to get this bill done in the next session. There has to have been, you know, some sort of opposition to this, though, no, because when it comes to people's pensions, people join these government-related jobs to get that investment back. And so what has it been like convincing people who maybe aren't fully convinced on it? I will say to you that I haven't uh, heard from directly from anybody who is against the bill specifically, but yes, the corporations. Uh, so we're dealing more from the corporation perspective because those are the biggest target. And uh, and I know they, they invest a, trying to invest a lot of money in Albany trying to knock the building down. Uh, the build down, uh, and I've been into those shoes before, so that's nothing surprising to me because I, I have done pieces of legislation that uh, that people scratch their head, and then over the sun they become to be very popular throughout the country. Uh, so I've always been ahead of the curve in a lot of pieces of legislation. So I welcome whoever is against the bill to have a really real conversation and to uh, uh, sit with us, sit with Senator Kruger myself to really detail those uh, opposition, but at the same talking, I don't believe that the opposition is going to come forward too quick because they know that they are not part of the solution, they're part of the problem, and we need to make corporate America, all that profit sharing that they're getting out of this, to pay back to our community, to communities of color, communities that have been uh, damaged by climate change. And when thinking about kind of how corporate America functions, we see Comptroller DiNapoli telling the public that shareholder engagement works, and we know that it doesn't. We see that it doesn't. Um, year after year, Exxon's board shuts down shareholder resolutions that could have an impact and require the corporation to act um, more responsibly, and it does not work. Um, so any argument that he <coughs> is proposing in that way, it's it doesn't fly. Um, a report from research firm Corporate Knights shows us that it's also just fiscally it doesn't make sense. And you mentioned the pension fund, and that is a real concern, but it also doesn't hold up. You guys bring up this theme throughout this conversation, which is the idea of vision. And I'm wondering, do you guys see this, this move and this movement as a part of maybe restoring vision to the city and the state? And then what do you hope to accomplish next? A couple of things quickly. Number one, I think that 
<clears throat> when the Fed, you have a federal government in denial, uh, you have a president candidate running for office that are not uh, that they're not in denial, but they are not addressing climate change directly. They are not talking about fossil fuel except one person talking about fossil fuels. And um, they are not talking about the, the real investment that are detrimental and draconian for people of color community, neighbor, the neighborhoods. And it is very important that the state, even the local municipality, should take the stand and the leadership to shake up that tree. And that's what I'm coming in. Um, I think the things that we're <laughs> excited to see in New York State are a complete elimination of fossil fuel and fossil fuel uh, infrastructure, um, 100% renewables, and taxing the rich and making polluters pay, uh, making ExxonMobil pay for what they've done and making sure that that gets reinvested into vulnerable communities. And that's part of my bill, that once we get all this, so it should go back for those people who have been suffering for from. Well, thank you both so much for coming in and having this conversation with us. It was great to meet you both and found it very well, interesting. Well, thank you for your interest on this issue and thank you for bringing awareness to our community and our people. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So that's our show. If you liked today's episode, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and rate us. That'll help other listeners find our podcast. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Prickly Podcast to stay up to date in between episodes. A special thanks to our Prickly team, Maddie Bristow, Helen Stevenson, and Natalie Migliori, and our editors, George Bodarki and Robin Shannon. Thanks for listening.